0: Hi everyone and welcome to the Smart Cities Chronicles podcast, your podcast for everything smart cities, action, investment and outcomes. My name is uh, Adam Beck. I'm the host of the Chronicles and of course my day job is the Executive Director here in Australia and New Zealand for the Smart Cities Council. Uh, today our uh, our 50th uh, episode on the Chronicles. We head to the delightful South Australia. Uh, I have with me three guests on the line. I have uh, Fiona Harvey, Georgie Johnson, who are both from the city of Marion, and also Ashby Martin from Sage Automation, one of our partner companies. Um, we'll, uh, we'll kick off with a bit of a, uh, an introduction to uh, the team that's on the line. And Fiona, we might, uh, we might cut to you first. Can we get a bit of a bio of who you are and what do you do?
1: Thanks, Adam. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Um, My role here at the City of Marion is as the Manager of Innovation and Strategy. And as the title suggests, it's a really future-focused role. And we have a broad portfolio that works closely with Council and the organisation to look at developing strategic plans, um, thinking about how we will improve our service delivery to our community and particularly in the space around innovation. So what is it that we can look at in terms of technology um, and all, all different manner of innovation and I guess in, in particular for us is a focus right at the moment around the opportunities through smart cities, um, technology and the focus on the people. So we do, we look at service improvement we're looking at how we can better manage and utilize our assets how we can better plan for uh, short and long-term opportunities to improve outcomes for our community
0: well certainly not a part of the city that would uh that would sort of sit still on any day um i i don't envy that uh that role at all but uh thanks for uh thanks for that intro fiona georgie let's uh let's cut over to you uh who are you and what do you do
2: thanks adam uh so i'm georgie johnson i work in the innovation and strategy department and i have the privilege of being our smart cities project officer i've been in that role for about 18 months now and we've been exploring with our elected uh elected members in our community around smart cities and we uh, also have a smart cities and suburbs grant that we're delivering at the moment so we're delivering a smart precinct
0: well i look forward to Digging into that a little bit more shortly, um, let's let's sort of round out the, uh, the introductions. Uh, Ashby, welcome. Who are you and what do you do?
3: Thanks Adam, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, I'm Ashby Martin from Sage Automation. I work as a senior control system engineer here uh, and I'm the smart city lead. So uh, Sage is a system integrator with a history of automation and control and we've got a smart city focus uh, on solving problems for councils and public industries. So that can be things like Helping provide better public accountability through data-driven decision making, um, reducing the use of resources um, by measurement and optimization, and really just providing great public experiences.
0: Well, Ashby, thanks for joining us. And we're going to hear uh, certainly more uh, about the work you've been uh, doing uh, in in partnership with with the city. But um, let's uh, let's actually start by grounding. Uh, our our listeners with some context. Uh, we we have our listeners scattered all over the world. So, uh, Fiona, can I can I cut to you and ask you to give us the uh, the city of Marion Bio, where it is, its key attributes. What do the community love about it?
1: Yeah, sure. So the city of Marion, um, we're a local council area in in Adelaide, a metropolitan council, as you said, in the lovely South Australia. We're situated about 10 kilometres from the Adelaide CBD in the southwestern suburb, so we have the great fortune of having about 7 kilometres of beautiful coastline, and it's quite um, a unique coastline. We have some very old geological and historical cliffs in our area down to the coast. We're, a, we're a, I guess, what you would call um, a stable council, so we're certainly not in an area that's uh, like a peri-urban or a, or a regional centre that's growing quickly. But one of our biggest challenges is urban infill and there's uh, a lot of change across the across the city in terms of housing redevelopment, moving from those big traditional... Uh, blocks that people would know and love through to, uh, a lot more of infill of, um, housing. We have beautiful, um, natural and um, green spaces. We have some hill space, uh, as I said, down to the coast. We have a population of around 90,000 people, which I know for some of your listeners would sound very small, but we're actually one of the six biggest councils in South Australia, covering an area of around 55 square kilometres. We have uh, the great, I guess, exciting opportunity to have the Tonsley Innovation District right within our council area and very close to Flinders University which just borders our council area. We also have um, a real focus, have had a real focus over the last probably four to five years about improving the services that we deliver through improving our infrastructure and in particular, our boarding facilities, our community facilities, our open space and playground facilities, things like uh, walking and cycling trails. We have uh, one of the biggest um, Westfield shopping centres in our area. And I guess for some people, we're known for our Westfield Marion, and we'd like to really think about how we could use that as a destination and build from there. So it's a diverse area that's changing, the population is bringing in a lot of new families and um, a lot of new uh, migrants to the area, which is very exciting, so um, a wealth of, of change uh, that is really giving us a great opportunity to think about where our community might be heading into the future.
0: Thanks, Fiona. Um, I'm going I'm to jump straight back at you with, with, with sort of our first uh, lead off question here. Um, as, as sort of, uh, as sort of, you know, manager of of innovation and strategy, and and having that sort of broad oversight uh, of everything, sort of future focus. Can you, um, can you start by giving us a, a little bit of a snapshot on where you're at as a city with with sort of this smart cities idea? What, what sort of, how would you describe where you're at? the journey so far. Can you give us a bit of a, um, you know, let's sort of put a marker in the ground. How would you describe Mm. where you're at?
1: Yeah, great question. I think where we're at is um, uh, I guess like many councils, we're really at that inception and pilot stage or uh, proof of value, I think. Really uh, focusing on how we can solve problems rather than thinking about how we can install technology for the sake of installing technology so we're really trying to use as a core principle the notion around people and problem focus um, and particularly led by our council who we've engaged i guess over the last couple of years through this journey around what is it that we could focus our efforts on in the smart city space we've also taken the approach which is um, consistent with the approach we've taken in a number of other areas where we're not progressing a standalone smart cities strategy and we've done that as i said when we've thought about public health and environment because we really want to embed it in our overarching strategic objectives for everything that we think about and all the action we take and that potentially has Something to do with the fact that we're leading the smart cities journey out of our strategy area, as opposed to out of—I uh, know some councils leading it from their IT area or their infrastructure area. So we're um, we're taking the approach that we don't want to see this as a standalone strategic objective, and in fact, we're looking at how we can how we can really prioritise smart cities opportunities through all of our strategic objectives. Um, I think it's 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 definitely fair to say that we've got a long, long way to go, and I guess, as Georgie mentioned, we were really very fortunate to uh, land uh, a smart cities and suburbs grant through the second round of that program, which, really helped us, it is helping us, and we've still got a long way to go with that project, really thinking about what can we test and pilot in this project that then we can look to replicate and scale across the broader city and the broader community as we're going forward. So where we're at, uh, yeah, a long way to go, but um, we've had the opportunity through both the Smart Cities and Suburbs grant funded project, but also a couple of other uh, small projects that we're testing to really, dip our toe in the water and see what is the value of this concept of smart cities for the city of Marion.
0: Thank you for that sort of context and overview. Um, Georgie, uh, my question to you, um, whilst uh, sort of Fiona obviously has a lot of parts of the portfolio to look after, uh, I'm assuming that you have the luxury to, to live and breathe day in, day out sort of the smart cities uh, agenda for the city um, can you give me in sort of a twenty five word summary or thereabouts um what what 's the last twelve months been like for you what's what 's sort of your what 's sort of your day job as you walk into the office uh, what type of things is it sort of involving and and how 's the last twelve months been
2: yeah certainly. So uh, my main focus really has been looking at, like Fiona said, how we can best embed this into the organisation while still progressing,
3: you know, our little
2: pilot projects and and doing detailed design around our grant um, funding that we have for our smart precinct. And so um, my day-to-day looks like a lot of research. Um, We take the uh, approach that, um, you know, we're not creating something that's brand new. We're well aware that the industry is very mature, particularly in countries like the United States. And so we've taken a step back and and looked at, um, you know, research that's occurred in other places and also within Australia, within local governments, and and engaged with them and the providers and and chatted about what would be best for our community uh, using the expressions of smart city technology. So our core focus is that we're really looking to scale and replicate look like a smart parking solution smart lighting solution uh, smart play equipment how we can uh, use utilisation information to inform things uh, like economic development and investment um, in certain precincts so that we're making sure that we're using the the data that we're gathering to inform our business making decisions. So um, it's all to provide a much greater service to our community, um, not just what we may have traditionally provided or think that they would like, it enables the community to inform us of, of what they prefer in our spaces that we're developing.
0: Thank you. Uh, thank you, Georgie. So we've got a pretty good sense now based on those two responses. Uh, from uh, from Fiona and Georgie about uh, where where Marion's at and, and sort of, you know, what, what's been happening recently. Um, to help us sort of, we're going to transition into this little um, discussion around the Jervis Street Park project. But um, Ashby, can I get you, this is a tough question and probably a little bit of an unfair question for you. Um, you know, you're all in the same neighbourhood. Um, Ashby, just at a strategic level before we, we dig into the project, um, what's your response to what you just heard from, uh, from Fiona and Georgie? What's your sort of take more broadly on, on, on not necessarily Marion, but, uh, but South Australia, you're living and breathing what's happening there at the moment. What, uh, what's your view on where things are at and what's the last 12 months looked like in the smart city space?
3: Yeah, it's an interesting, interesting question. I guess um, the last 12 months has sort of been our um, growth as a company in the smart cities sector as well. Um, and I think we've um, seen a lot of councils trying to throw things against the wall and see what sticks. And it's definitely been a transition from um, probably what uh, Fiona led with, um, a lot of people trying technology for technology's sake, we're um, going towards a strategy of, well, what are our problems um, and how can we solve them? So um, I guess from a uh, solutions um, point of view, we've been um, really transitioning from a... Um, you know, We're trialling um, different solutions here and there to a, a strategy where we're um, trying to be as vendor agnostic and outcome focused as possible to ensure that um, um, councils and public industry can come to us with problems um, and we can apply the best um, possible solution that we have on hand to be able to solve it.
0: So, so, Ashby, um, I'm going to come back uh, at you now uh, to help us transition into this, uh, this, this sort of little, little case study we're going to talk about. Um, so, I originally came across the, it's Jervis Street, is it? Jervis Street Park?
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: That's right, yep. yep. So, uh, Ashby, how did you come to get involved in, in this little project? Talk, talk me through sort of where it came from
3: look i can't recall whether it was through a tender or we whether we just got in contact with rebecca deans at the time but um, we were really excited to be able to um, do some work in our own communities so um, sage automation headquarters is here in tonsley which is part of the marion council area and jervis street park is um, just probably five minutes away and it's really just down the street from where i live so i was really really excited to be a part of a project that was affecting our local community I think that uh, SAGE is also partners with the Marion City Council, and Fiona can talk about this further, um, with regards to um, the South Start um, uh, organisation or collaboration, which is a collection of um, different industry partners and um, councils in this area to sort of spur economic development um, and trial some more um, future-focused ideas. Um, but yeah, essentially we were approached with um, the problem of understanding how many people were Um, using uh, the playground at Jervis Street and um, yeah we are pretty much given the brief of you know how can we use technology to um, better understand how this uh, park's being used.
0: So Fiona um, the city's got 160 or more parks uh, important assets for the community obviously uh, assets that need to be maintained can you um, can you ground us somewhat in in the brief here Uh, what the context was and what what the city was trying to achieve with this little project?
1: Sure. So we, um, as you mentioned, we've got uh, over 100 uh, open spaces or reserves and and close to 100 playgrounds across those reserves. And we, um, Council, invest on behalf of all of our ratepayers a significant um, amount of funds in those uh, playgrounds every year, year on year we look at what what do we provide in the way of services and where should we look to improve those. Um, so things like upgrading our playgrounds, um, putting in new playgrounds, uh, removing playgrounds and one of the biggest challenges the council um, over its last four years or so is that they have not had any data to inform that just those sorts of decisions and so I guess what we were what we were seeing and hearing in terms of feedback from our elected members was that there were some of them that really thought that our small localised playgrounds that um, you know people could walk to from their homes were super important and were being used really effectively and, and a, an important part of the service that we provided and the other end of the spectrum was members um, that was, were saying that we we see that the big sort of what people might call a destination or a regional scale uh, playground with all of the bells and whistles um, were, was fantastic and it was drawing people from within our community but also people as, as many listeners would be aware travel for a long time when there's a great new playground that gets put in. And so, but we, we felt really, um, unable to support Council in better decision-making because we had no data to help them understand what was the utilization of our playgrounds. And so collectively, Council made a decision to invest a small amount of money to to undertake some um, monitoring and measurement of data collection at a small number of our playgrounds, uh, so sort of six or seven of them, And, and Sage, as Ashby mentioned, were engaged to help us with one of those projects. To look at well, how can we start to collect some data around utilization and what are the what are the numbers of people utilising the playground playgrounds? What sort of uh, equipment are they using? When are they coming? And then start to bring in different data sets that will help. Uh, Inform why uh, people are using the playground or why they're not. So that was, that was the, the pilot project and it's been running for a, for a short time now and we're in that collection, data collection phase. So it's very exciting for us because we feel like we'll, we'll at last be able to have some great data that can help inform council's decision making. So we're really focused in that problem space. Which was great.
0: Yeah. Yeah. V- very clearly you sort of led, led with an outcome and, and sort of problem statement there. Um, yeah. So day to day sort of managing this, G- Georgie, did, did this fall within your, your sort of uh, portfolio or what was your interaction with this project?
2: So this uh, project is actually being run out of our open space and recreation area. So uh, that's the team that deliver um, the designing and the um, execution of the of the program framework that we have. So my interaction with it was um, to consult with that team and uh, talk to them about um, the engagement that we had been having, uh, the information that I've been researching in the marketplace, and uh, so. I was a part of um, you know discussing with them what could pro- what technology solutions could provide us with good outcomes, but then that team went out and sought um, the, the three different solutions that we had deployed across different spaces and worked with Sage directly around the Jewelry Street playground.
0: So Georgie, did you help shape the brief or the, 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 the sort of terms of reference?
2: Yes. So, so we as a team sat down and, and worked out through that problem what we would be interested in, in gathering information around and, and what use that information could give
0: us. But, but Georgie, that can't be possible because we always hear that local government is so siloed. <laughs> How... <laughs> so so that, that's sort of just, a you know, a, of course, a provocative uh, pivot point for me um, to, to genuinely ask internally from a smart cities perspective, uh, what's going on? What's the dialogue? What is, what is sort of the, uh, you know, the, the the protocols or the, the internal kind of uh, culture that you've built there in the short period of time around this smart cities agenda, which is obviously very, very horizontal cutting across, you know, many, uh, many departments. And we've just heard that, you know, your parks and open space, uh, folks are sort of heavily involved talk us through what happens internally i mean is it is 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 it as bad as we all hear about the level of siloism going on in local government
2: look i can only really speak to marion that's my only experience in local government but i have been with marion for um for eight years and in a number of different departments and uh, I think um, you know, with with any um, established industry, there there are elements of silos. But the City of Marion has a really great culture of working across and cutting across those silos to ensure that we are providing great outcomes for our community. So we do a lot of cross collaboration projects across the business units that we have, um, and for us, smart cities, but. Obviously, while it's wonderful having a dedicated resource and the coordination role absolutely sits with me, like we've shared by embedding it across the organisation that enables other people to have the information at hand that they need to be um, using this emerging technology to improve the services that we're delivering. So um, we've tried to educate across the organisation, obviously through the Oakland Smart Precinct project, it's across a number of business units. And so we've been able to open that dialogue up around that proof of of concepts that our trials that we're doing across a number of different services, which cuts across the business units from traffic to open space to our city activation, our public art and placemaking, our economic development and our innovation and strategy space so um, yeah that's certainly the City of Marion approach is to collaborate where we can and as Ashby touched on we also um, have uh, through a, a separate grant fund created at the Smart South Consortium which is looking at government bodies and education through Flinders University and Sage Automation, and how we can have a collaborative approach to problems solved in that space as well
0: okay thanks uh thanks for sort of sharing uh, sharing that internally um Ashby, I'm going to turn to you now let's uh let's get into some nuts and bolts can you uh, can you sort of now share with our listeners uh, where you got to, where you, where you landed and why on the the solution, the, the the tech, the architecture. Can you tell us what you actually did at, yes, a, 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 at a sort of more technical level?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So um, when we met with Rebecca originally, we uh, had a, um, a site walk and discussed all the various things that we might want to measure and what was going to give the best value for the city of Marion and also um, what they could use um, the, the uh, data points that they could use to provide the best public um, uh, experience and return. Um, so we ended up uh, deciding to measure the usage of the individual pieces of equipment because that was um, a big gap that we had um, in the data and, and what we understood about the park. Um, and then it was really deciding what uh, technical um, mechanism is to read the um, usage through. So. Obviously in a park we've got problems with using CCTV and uh, video analytics to um, collect that data. Um, We really didn't want to expose children to any of the privacy or security concerns of um, putting them through a CCTV system. Um, We also did an assessment of, uh, or at least a comparison between the various um, telemetry backends. Um, had a look at uh, Laura Van Van versus Sigfox versus cellular which I think everybody's done and everybody ends up at a different position on Um, and I think that uh, um, depending on the solution there are multiple um, answers that may exist but uh, we ended up coming up with a um, cellular solution which um, was in a little self-contained box and has a pyroelectric so a PIR sensor on the bottom of it which um, detects Um, children's playground usage right next to the individual pieces of equipment. So um, as part of the scope, we were able to deploy 15 devices. So that's um, across each of the different kinds of swings, the slippery dips, the um, workout equipment, um, and also the gates. Um, And that uh, basically gives us indication uh, when people are using the um, individual pieces of equipment, what time of day that is, how long they're using it for, um, and that data gets um, transmitted to an online data store, and then displayed on a dashboard, which um, is made available to the city of Marion. Um,
0: okay, thank you for that. I'll, I'll come back to a few points there, um, Fiona. Going to going to cut across to you, um, a, a two-phase question here. Um, so, one is. Um, We've just heard Ashby sort of give us some sort of general sort of configuration and, and key issues and uh, sort of question questions that had to be um, uh, sort of thought through. Um, this idea of sensing, this idea of parks, this idea of children, privacy. Can you start with just sharing with us um, where where do you think your community is at with smart cities generally uh if at all and and second point how does this project sort of fit within what their understanding expectations issues concerns or otherwise might be can you sort of talk us through that double sort of question set there if that's okay so firstly you know where's the community at with some of these issues secondly um you know this project fitting within it
1: yeah well i think um it's a great question around where the community at we we haven't necessarily gone out and done a, a big education piece around smart cities with our community although we are certainly looking at how we can um harness our community more and more and uh to get them i guess helping us to understand how do we educate and communicate to the general broad community on something that is probably in some, in many cases intangible and also quite complicated and technical. So I think um, there's a lot that we need to do and learn from other people in that. And I, I think our community is something that local governments, um, I'm sure you've heard many, many times, are really great at engaging and we've done that, um, you know, forever and a day in in various different ways and obviously they're starting to engage with us in very different ways through social media and digital channels and, um, and I think this is just another way that we are engaging and collecting information about our community and how we engage them to communicate with them is something that we need to learn a bit more about and think really carefully about. Because I think um, leading into your second question, there's no doubt in my mind that there will be and there has been questions around privacy and confidentiality and where the data is going and who's using it and I think that's just as a society we're asking all of those questions and certainly our elected member body on behalf of the community are asking those questions and rightly so. So I think one of the things that we um, identified very early in the piece through our Smart Cities journey was that data um, obviously is at the crux of everything, but data management and governance is a huge piece of work that we needed to invest resource and thinking on, and, and we're doing that in parallel with rolling out some of these pilot projects. So we've developed a data governance and management framework. We've done a lot of research around confidentiality and what uh, and what open data could look like and what that would mean for our community. So I think we've done a lot of internal work and we're in a position, a much better position now than we were 12 months ago, certainly, about how we can go out and better engage our community, which we've done through the, um, the Smart Cities and Suburbs project, but we, we probably need to do a lot more through some of these pilot projects that we're, we're working on. And as we're starting to collect a good data set, we can do that now.
0: Yeah, no, thank you for that response and giving us some of those insights. Georgie, you've obviously done some heavy lifting for the city in terms of researching, understanding, you know, solutions, approaches. Obviously, you've got a good handle on sort of what others are doing as well. How are you keeping up with this? I don't want to use the word constant because I feel like that's not fast enough. You know, how are you keeping up with this rapid evolving agenda you know you're kind of a bit of a gate a gatekeeper for the city here in terms of you know keeping your eye on the horizon how how are you navigating this space you know on behalf of the city
2: yeah um a great question and I, I think i'd like to echo fiona's point around we can always do more uh, engagement with our community um and uh for for me, I guess from a research perspective, there are some really fantastic examples out in Australia um, within some local government contexts that are doing some really great documentation and education of their community space. Um, and so for us, it's now taking... Uh, the best parts of those elements and looking at how we can apply it and and educate our community around what does smart cities mean and and I would say as a as a starting point that's probably not a term that we're looking to talk to the broader community about people understand data and technology and they're doing that in their homes and so it's simply about scaling that at a city-wide level or a playground level like Voice Street and helping them to understand why we need to gather data to have to make more informed decisions um, to ensure that we're getting the best value for their ratepayer dollars and and you know as a as a ratepayer you, you that's what you want you want the best elements in your community for the lowest cost and so um, I, I think that um, that's a great message that we can be communicating to the community. But I think the flip side of that around Smart Cities is uh, being transparent and ensuring that um, you're engaging with your community to hear from them as well. And so that's a, it's a piece that I'd really love us to explore in the future.
0: Ashby, the the question to you I now have is is sort of not too dissimilar to that. I mean, the the kind of the heat is on 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 you and your sort of fellow you know providers, advisors, vendors out there on the supply side. How how are you how are you positioning yourself? How are you navigating this complicated world to position yourself? You know to sort of provide the best advice and solutions. I mean, I don't think anyone could profess to sort of be an expert in any of these fields, given how, in some ways, how new it is. How do you, how do you respond to that same question? How are you keeping up? Why, why do we think, why do you think uh, the solution deployed in the, in this case for that particular project is, is the best one?
3: Yeah, it's, it's a great question. And I think that there's a lot of technical answers that you can give, you know, you have to make sure that it's securely stored and, Um, handled in the right way and the correct people have got um, access to the data set. But at the end of the day, I think that uh, it comes down to a real social license for the councils and the vendors and everybody who's implementing it to um, abide by. So I I guess I I always use the example of us, um, you know, I've got Google as my uh, personal email and I'm aware that as part of that, um, I give a lot of information to Google. And when I search, that all gets uh, recorded in a big database somewhere That's a trade-off that I'm willing to make because I feel like the service that I'm getting back, I'm getting an email service, I'm getting um, a voice assistant that knows um, about my daily routine and things that can actually make my um, day and my experience much better. Um, And I think it's the same thing with councils. If we're just um, installing playground sensors to collect the data and then sell it off to another third party, then that's uh, clearly a bad use of the sensors, clearly a bad use of the data. But if we can demonstrate to... Um, the public that we're collecting this information to make sure that the next um, park that gets installed is one that has um, the appropriate kinds of equipment if we can demonstrate that we're using the um, gate counts or the um, the uh, times that the park is popular to best schedule the, the, the times that it's being mowed or maintained or if we can um, reduce public liability by um, seeing when a piece of equipment is broken, I think that's uh, a really engaging um, use of the technology and data that um, the public isn't going to be upset by. Mm,
0: okay, I, um, I, I hear all of that. Um, can I ask, this is an open question to all of you. We've got a couple of questions left. I, I need to ask, um, before I get into onto sort of what's next, but I, I, I want to ask the question. Um, outcomes and what have you learned so let, let's just talk about this project can uh, I'll, I'll sort of ask the city first so fiona and, and georgie what um from this project proof of concept pilot deployment data coming in what have you learned what are you doing
1: um yeah i think what have we learned uh, i think we've learned uh and and ashby can help help me out here but we've certainly learned about you know, the value of different types of technology and how that can you know, that that the actual infrastructure and how that gets deployed on the ground and how it works and how that data gets collected and that kind of technical side of things. I mean clearly we've we've learned how our playground at Dervoy Street is being used and what times of the day we have for most people and what times what days of the week most people are coming and what kind of equipment is being used more than others. I think beyond that though what what we're learning and we certainly haven't done all the learning there is to do on this project is to think about and and this is sort of new terminology that's been coming into the organization over the last six months or so is what what is opening up in terms of other use cases for this this kind of data and this this notion of use cases and like I, it sort of takes me back to that that space where we talked about the problem and we we certainly understood the first problem that we wanted to address by going down this project path, but it's it's now starting to throw up um, you know opportunities around use cases and things like you know could we organise things like food trucks to come on the days where where there's a lot of people there? Uh, could we look at our maintenance, our asset maintenance schedules to reflect high use areas? So I don't have all the answers to that yet because we're starting to really understand those use cases and look at the data. Um, from my perspective, you know, Ashby might be able to um, t- chime in with a little bit more information. But, yeah, it's about what what are we learning and what do we need to do next, I think, is
3: still the, the open questions for us.
0: Ashby or Georgie, any supplementary comments to what Fiona's just described?
3: Yeah, the, there were a few int- interesting things that came out of the data set from um, Jervis, Jervis Street. So um, one of the... These are just some practical things. So um, the... Um, the gates, uh, the gate sensors. We were able to use the magnetic sensors on the gates to determine whether they were um, left open or closed. Um, and after they, after a little while, we were noticing that um, they were getting propped open at about uh, eight o'clock in the morning, and it was from um, people that were coming from the local area propping the gate open so the dogs could get in and out. And I think that was actually leading to a bit of um, uh, some problems with um, finding detriment in the sandpit. So um, I think the council at that point was able to take that information, put a spring um, or uh, fix the spring closure on the gate and ensure that that was um, being kept shut and put some signage in to help that. And I don't think that's the kind of thing that we would have really noticed without that data set, um, to be able to sort of identify that and directly fix it. the um, the learn uh, the things that we've learned from a uh, sort of industry side of things um, is the sheer flexibility of some of these sensors. Um, since um, um, the uh, Marion uh, the Jervis Street Park's gone in, we've um, had uh, inquiries about using them for counting trails. We've made had um, uh, interest in counting. Um, Uh, um, pedestrian movement along streets. We've had, um, yeah, a lot of different use cases where we've needed to count people going through certain locations. Um, And we found that the um, devices themselves have been um, much more flexible than we thought they were. Um, And also I've been surprised in the last 12 months since it was installed, um, just how quickly the technology has come along as well. Um, And uh, from what was deployed um, back when the project started, you could probably um, build something up now, which has twice the battery life, um, twice the data resolution, and much more um, sensitivity as to what can be done. So um, yeah, we're um, excited to keep um, iterating on the solution and um, see what else we can use. use for.
0: Uh, I'm going to um, thank you for that, Ashby. I'm going to um, sort of do the final round of of questions here. Uh, so same question, um, but I'm going to I'm going to ask. Um, uh, Ashby, I'll ask you to go first, and then Georgie and, and Fiona will get you to finish up. Um, so um, we, we've heard about, and we're starting to realise uh, some of the opportunities and outcomes from this project from your respective uh, purview. Ashby, starting with you, um, what uh, what does this type of a pilot allow you as a as a vendor to sort of go forward? with other projects, whether it's in Marion or elsewhere, or indeed engage more broadly in the industry. How do you take something away from this project more broadly across your your work, across your business?
3: Yeah, certainly the experience of um, working with Marion is um, something that uh, we can continue to build on over time. We've got other projects in the works with regards to measuring traffic and things like that in the Oaklands Park area. Um, And also uh, from us, uh, the more runs we get under our belt with regards to implementation, the better. Um, I think that's uh, something that can benefit all of our uh, customers and clients that we work with.
0: Thank you, Ashby. Georgie, same question to you. What do you do from this project? How do you roll it into all all your other uh, pipeline of projects that you've got going?
2: Yeah, certainly. So I, I think this is a great example of partnering with um, a local business where we've um, found a solution that's going to deliver us the answers that we needed to our original problem. And so that is something that can be replicated across the city. um if the elected members chose to scale the funding um for all of our reserves could have this level of technology and data coming in and and so that picture of that data set, if the the more broader it becomes, tells a real story that we can use for asset utilization and renewal and project planning and precinct destinations and so it really opens up to us um, making those informed decisions around our programming and it's really exciting to be able to test different forms of technologies and understand um, what is the best solution for the individual use that um, we're trying to find the solution for.
0: Excellent. Thank you. It sounds very practical and I think um, uh, a, a sort of a, an, an approach that many can learn from. Um, Fiona, last uh, last uh, say from you, what do you sort of make of all this, the experience, what do you take from it and where do you go now?
1: Uh, I, I love this project. I think it, it was uh, a small investment of money. You know, we're talking only a few thousand I mean, we had a total budget for to monitor seven or so playgrounds for less than $50,000 for 12 months. And so the Jervoy Street component of that was very small. Uh, so a small amount of money, a relatively short turnaround for a pilot project. And the great thing is we've learned so much from it and, it, and Sage has learned. So we've learned together in, in collaboration. And as Ashby said, we're really a stone's throw away from each other. We're local co-designing uh, industry and council partners who can take what we've collectively learned and apply it in so many different um, opportunities. I guess the other thing too is it really it gives us um, something tangible where we can go to our community and we can go back to our elected members and we can say you know this this notion of smart cities and some people don't like the term and some people don't really understand what it means. We and We can literally show you what we've done and, and what this data can do for us. And that's what makes it really exciting. Uh, I think from a City of Marion perspective, it's been um, a great investment and a great project.
0: I uh, I love nothing more than just good, meaningful and authentic smart cities projects. Uh, and I- exactly mm-hmm. uh, how you highlighted it there, Fiona, is what, what all of these types of projects should be. So I, I suppose for me, firstly, congratulations uh, on, on a great little project and also just listening to a vendor working with a city with half a smile on their face is always a nice, is always a nice sort of outcome. So congratulations on, on sort of, you know, what sounds to be uh, a pretty rewarding partnership between uh, the, the two sort of organisations. Um, I think there's, some, there's been some great sort of insights there and I encourage our listeners to sort of, um, you know, reach out to the City of Marion and, and equally uh, Sage Automation to, to get any further information. But for now, I need to, uh, unfortunately, uh, bring our conversation to an end. It's been, uh, it, it's been a great uh, discussion and uh, having all three of you on the line has, uh, I think, made the conversation uh, even more uh, rich and uh, rewarding in that regard. So uh, from uh, from myself uh, to you, thank you so much for joining us on the Smart Cities Chronicles today. Thanks, Adam.
1: Thanks for having us. Thanks, Adam.
0: And for our listeners, uh, that's been our 50th uh, episode on The Chronicles. I've had Fiona Harvey, Georgie Johnson from the City of Marion in South Australia, and also Ashby Martin from our partner company, Sage Automation. Uh, for those that uh, aren't subscribing to The Smart Cities Chronicles, you can do so through your favourite uh, podcast platform. You can also check out our website, smartcitieschronicles.com, or even send us an email, which is chronicles at ANZ smartcitiescouncil.com. My name is Adam Beck, the host of the Smart Cities Chronicles. We look forward to bringing you another episode very soon. Have a great day.